The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will both, not both fall in the pit? No disciple is superior to the teacher. But when fully trained, every disciple would be like his teacher. Why do you notice a splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive a wooden beam on your own? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the splinter in your eye, when you do not even notice a wooden beam in your own eye? You hypocrite, remove the wooden beam from your eye first. Then you, be, you see clearly to remove the splinter in your brother's eye. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not pick figs on the torn bushes, nor they gather grapes in the brains. A good person, out of the store of goodness in his heart, produces good. But an evil person, out of the store of evil, produces evil. For from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks the gospel of the Lord. Today in the gospel, Jesus asked those two kind of rhetorical questions. Can a blind person guide a blind person? No. That's the answer. Will not both fall into a pit? Yes, they will. They'll be bad. Don't try to do that. And then he goes on and talks about no disciple is superior to the teacher. But when he is fully trained, every disciple would be like his teacher. As we know, disciples follow a master. And we are all disciples of Christ. So we should be like Christ. And when we are fully trained, we should be like the teacher. We should be like Christ. We know that we are created, we were created, the image and likeness of God. And when we allow ourselves to be what God created us to be, we will be like Christ. If you be in an airplane, you heard this many times, or you know, you, when the flight attendants try to call our attention because we already know, you know, we. We kind of a little bit stubborn. We know everything, right? So, but what they say, if in a 
unlikely event of uh, loss of cabin pressures. Oxygen masks will, in front of you, you put a mask on yourself first and then you help other people. And why is that? Well, it's simple. By the time the oxygen mask goes down, you only have a couple of seconds to put the oxygen mask on yourself. And if you're going to try to help somebody else first, you're going to die or pass out or something like that. It's not going to be good. So we have to first put the oxygen mask on ourselves and then we can help other people. Kind of Jesus give a example there. How can you notice a splinter in your brother's eye and you perceive a wooden beam on your own eye? We are called to look inside of ourselves first and see how we are. I'm not saying that we have to be perfect. I mean, it would be good, but you know, only God is perfect. We are here on earth walking on this journey of faith to try to get like Christ as, cl as close to him as we can. So it's kind of that really balance. It's not that oh, I have to be perfect first and then I can help other people. We can't go to that stream or I'm going to help every, everybody and forget about myself. We have to look inside of ourselves. We have to take the beam out of our eye first and then we can help others. The last couple of weeks we are hearing in the gospel just last weekend, we, we heard Lucan's uh, version of the uh, not in the not in the mountains, the Sermon of the Mountains, but in the planets. And what he said was, "Love your enemies." You know, remember those all those things that we heard last. Do what you don't want to do. But I think the good thing about this is we only, don't, we only do what we don't want to do because we want to do. In other words, in a natural way, we don't want to love our enemies. But we decide, remember we talked last week, we decide that love is a decision. So I decide to love my enemies because I want. It's not something natural. But I do what I don't want to do because I want to do. I do decide to love my enemies. That is something that I don't want to do, but I decide and I want to do it. And again, th those are hard things. Because it's not like, you know, Jesus is not in this commercial, you know, infomercial kind of thing. He is giving us the gospel. And the gospel is hard. It's a decision that we have to make every day in our lives. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor a rotten tree bear good fruit. We are called to live our faith in deeds and works, in both. Because actions flow from what we are. You can, you know, 
We are getting really close to land. By the way, if you didn't know, it starts on Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is coming. What are we going to do for land? And, you know, a lot of times we're like, oh, I'm, you know, don't you like, she hates that, but don't you like my mom? I always give that example, you know, she always did not eat chocolate for Lent. But if she gets any chocolate, she gets all the chocolates throughout the land, and then she eats at Easter. It's like, Mom, you did not get the point of this whole thing. What are, what are we going to do for land? And a lot of times we think about giving up stuff, and this is awesome. Yes, if that's what God calls you to do, yes. Prayer, fast, and almsgiving. Yes, that's what the church teaches us and asks us and helps us to do and to live. But maybe this land will be so opportunity for us to add some stuff. Add some prayer. If you haven't noticed, the world is in war right now. Ukraine and Russia and all that. Maybe it will be an opportunity for each one of us to pray for peace. Maybe it will be an opportunity for us to pray for people that are far away from God. Great opportunity for you if you have nothing to pray about. I will give you some stuff to pray about. Come talk to me. We just had about 90 college students that went through Awakening Retreat this weekend. 26 of them that did Awakening for the first time. How about spend the Lent pray for those people that they persevere in their faith journey? I think the problem is a lot of times we are about ourselves. It's all about me. Maybe Lent will be that opportunity for us to kind of take our eyes away from ourselves a little bit and see who are the people around us that need our intercession that need our prayers. And why is that? It's because we are called to be true disciples of Christ. You know, sometimes there's this, what would Jesus do? And it can be a little bit cheesy, you know, like, uh, you know. But like, what would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do? How would Jesus react in this? Remember, we are called to be like the Master. We are disciples of Christ. We are called to be just like Him. So as we prepare for Lent, beginning this Wednesday, perhaps there will be good homework for us to think about. What are we going to do for Lent? So we can be ready, and we can be ready for Easter. How can we make ourselves more like Christ throughout those 40, 46 days of Lent? Maybe it's a great opportunity for us to look inside of ourselves and see what are those things that in my life I prevent me from being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Maybe that will be a good beginning for us to start to think about
What should we do for Lent?